0: You know what I haven't done in a long time?
1: I thought about pizza deployment.
0: No, I haven't (laughs) thought about rolling dice. And how much I love listening to myself talk. Because this is the Squad Games Podcast. My name's Giacomo. I'm with Dakota. And today we have a special guest for you, Shane from Command Point. How's it going, guys? Uh do anything cool recently?
2: Uh you know, I mean well, I mean, I just played at Kill Team Open, so that was fun. And now I'm on I'm on the Squad Games podcast, which is cool. But uh yeah, I'm doing pretty well.
1: That's All good. right. I uh also went to Kill Team Open alongside you, Giacomo. That was pretty fun. Uh, I'm also planning my son's second birthday this Sunday. So uh, that's, uh, that's also quite fun. And uh, I've been developing a few strategies for upcoming stream schedule for this year for Twitch and stuff. We have a lot of fun stuff that we're kind of cooking up. So I'm quite excited, and what's 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 great about this is I'm going to surprise Giacomo on this podcast about a few ideas that I had, and uh, see what you think, Shane, because you're also a content creator. You uh, you you work with the Command Point, right? You're one of the one of the two head on shows over there.
2: Yeah, me and uh, me and Ryan Clancy, Ryan who's also at KTO. We've been doing Command Point since like 2018, like late 2018. But still, it's weird to say that.
0: Actually, <laughs> man, for real, for real, no cap.
2: <laughs> oh, that one goes out to him. <laughs> oh, he'll love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, you guys all uh, hung out in the, the uh, Airbnb at K- Kill Team Open. You guys uh, talk about anything fun?
2: Oh, yeah. We had a, it, w- it was myself and, um, and Ryan, and, and we stayed with, uh, with, with Giacomo, as well as uh, we had Ben from Battle Brothers Tabletop, uh, Glass Half Dead, uh, Steve one of the organizers and, um, there was one or two other people there, but like
0: Mike, uh, Mike and Dave,
2: Mike and Dave, that's who was there. Uh, one of them I didn't see like at all the whole time. Like we just never were there at the same time, but, um, it was, uh, it was cool. It was, it was an interesting uh, little household that we had for the weekend. It was cool to meet glass for sure. Just cause I've known him for so long. Um, he
1: was a cool guy, really, really fun to talk to. Yeah. Super British. Love, I love Glass. <laughs> yeah. I met him once at that one LVO I went to. So. And, oh, yeah. Uh, he was there at, what was it, 2019 or something? Tw- yeah. And it was 2020, but it was like the season of 2019. I always get those confused.
0: Yeah. Right. Cause it finishes the next year.
1: Yeah. Pretty fun stuff. So, um, Shane, you were the you you the runner up at Kill Team Open, my guy. That congratulations! That's a 89, 87, 86 person tournament. That's that's fabulous. Yeah,
2: yeah, thank you. I was I was thrilled to 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 finish second. Honestly, it was um, I was kind of out of the game for a little while, so I didn't know how I was going to do. My last actual Kill Team tournament was last year's Kill Team Open. So that that wow, really? Yeah, unvo- I mean, as far as not counting TTS, yeah, pretty
1: much. You know, some people could just say it's in your blood. You know. Well, it wasn't in my blood last year, but <laughs> thank you anyway.
0: Were you just like playing like Marvel this whole time? Like what's going on? Uh,
2: for pretty much the whole second half of 2022, I was mostly playing Marvel Crisis Protocol competitively. Did that make you better at Kill Team? <laughs> you know, Ryan and I had a conversation and and he actually said that and he he said to me, like, I think playing Marvel made me a better kill team player. And I, I think I agree because they are both skirmish games, but they're, they're very different. And it puts you in different minds, like headspaces kind of mm-hmm. um, like the way they play is, is not very similar in terms of like hopping from one game to the other. But I think it's, it's good to have like different, like mental exercises, I guess, across these different games.
1: Absolutely. That's something that I, I thoroughly believe. I think that um, the more competitive games you play, uh, whether they're linked or not, probably the better you're going to do it. At each individual game, like if you play competitive 40k, you know, and then you come to kill team, you learn the kill team set, you'll probably do better. Uh, same thing with Marvel Shatterpoint when it releases. So, those people, you know, don't just stick to kill team. Keep look out for some other games. There's a lot of fun games out there. Yeah, yeah, game stores want your money. Yeah, and then <laughs> I, you can want, always... I want to give
0: them my money, so it's fine.
1: <laughs> you can always uh, check out the Marvel Crisis Protocol uh, podcast that uh, Command Point does, which is uh, fantastic as well. Yeah, Crisis Point. We uh, yeah. we've been I think we're like ten episodes in on that. <laughs> yeah, my my team is as Guardians, but they're they're not painted yet. So Giacomo is going to be teaching me the game this year. So I'm, at some I'm, point, I'm, I'm pretty excited. It's a really fun game. Super fun.
0: Very swingy, but it's still very fun. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so, well,
0: uh,
2: yeah.
1: When you were... Uh, did you have a plan that you were just going to play Legionaries at KTO?
2: Uh, so I want to say like late... So I, I knew I was going to KTO for like a few months. And in like December, my plan was... I really wanted to play Kin Kinband. Because I just love the sculpts, and I was like super into the team um and I was playing them, and they were a little rough, especially before the buffs they weren't amazing, mm-hmm. but I was still like willing to do it and then I found out k t o was all into the dark, and I was like, i just can't i can't do that because they're they're <laughs> much they're much they're not amazing on open board by any means, but they are uh, pretty brutal on into the dark, so I knew I had to switch something up. Um, and it was going to involve pretty much playing a new team uh, from the start. Okay. So Ryan was playing a lot of intercessors, and that's what he took to KTO. And he was like killing me in every practice game he played. And no matter what team I was playing, I was just getting like mauled by his intercessors. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to try to play an elite team, uh, specifically one that is good against intercessors, because
1: mm. for
2: starters, there's probably going to be a lot of intercessors at KTO or any tournament you go to. Um, so I went with Legionnaires. And so I, I probably like early January, maybe like after the first week of January, I picked up Legionnaires kind of for the first time, and I just played like a ton of games until KTO. Um I feel like I kind of had to like relearn how to play Kill Team because I was really like disconnected because of all the MCP. Like I was we were still doing kill team content. But as far as my, like, actual playing the game, like, competitively, I was nowhere near, like, where I felt I would have to be to, like, play well at KTO. Um, So I just kind of wanted to, I picked up Legionnaires, I liked them, they felt good, and I stuck with them, and uh, I kind of, like, didn't look back. Uh, they're, They're just super, like, they're not, like, so, like, Intercessor easy to play, but they're there's a lot of cool choices that you get to make with the team, like between like list building and like actually playing them. And I really like durability. So I, I liked the ner- the nerd side of it. And it was just like, I don't know. It just fit my playstyle really well. I don't know. That's good.
0: Now, when you mentioned list building, uh, I, I believe we were talking when we were at KTO and you, you kind of mentioned that. Do you want to elaborate a little more about like list building in general and what you sort of miss about it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I love list building last edition. It was, like, my favorite part of the game. And then when the new kill team came out, they kind of, like, neutered list building a little bit. Um, it was always the thing I was best at, as far as, like, my, like, strengths as a competitive player. It wasn't so much, like, my adaptability or what I did the strategic on the board. Part. Yeah, it, was, it, the, it was that part. It was that prep yeah. and, like, knowing what I wanted here and what I wanted there. And I think there are a few teams that have that degree of flexibility in the list-building step compared to Legionnaires. Uh, and I, it was cool knowing that I had like, different tricks up my sleeve for different matchups, which you, you, normally, you, like, for most of the teams in the game, you kind of just have what you have. And like, you, maybe you'll take this here, or this there, but for the most part, it's the same list. For Legionnaires, I really did feel like I can, I can tinker a little bit depending on what I was playing against. Now I didn't end up tinkering a ton throughout the tournament; it just kind of happened that way. But it was still it was it was comfortable knowing that I could fall back on certain things.
0: So you probably took like a full roster of twenty guys, or essentially, because you yeah, kind of
2: I I did yeah. Um, Most of them didn't end up getting used, but um, it was mostly Nurgle, and I had some Slanesh on the roster, but I really only one of the Slanesh models was ever going to get taken. Uh, and i never took them because it was for oh. gellerpox and i never played gellerpox oh really not, lucky yeah. you lucky lucky i was really excited to play gellerpox i was so like <laughs> i thought i had a cool plan for it and everything i wanted to do it and then it just never came
0: David, there's a lot less gellerpox this um this event than other ones i've seen
1: before so
2: yeah i was expecting yeah. a lot there was only like yeah. a few i
1: was a uh, i played gellerpox against Liam. That was uh that was fun. He's a great player. Um the uh I also <clears throat> was prepping to play a lot of intercession and legionary considering there's so many in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And um uh, I felt bad for one of my opponents. He 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 was intercession and he told me that he's only fought it was game seven and he said that he's fought five other intercession players. Oh and I was God. like oh he, <laughs> I was like, oh you're my first <laughs> um wow yeah uh the meta was definitely mech teams uh at this event for sure
2: i i wanted my tournament to just be like eight intercession that was what i I was hoping for that i was like i'll just i'll go eight no it'll never happen you've been playing Um, against so many i only played one intercessor the whole weekend was my first game and after that it was all like i played a bunch of blooded uh i played the um I played Adamac at one point. Really? Yeah. I feel like it I didn't was, see uh, them at all. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think his name is Remy. He's one of the Brooklyn guys. Super cool guy. Okay. And I asked him after the game, like, well, how do you like them after the nerfs? And he's like, well, I actually never played them before. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, he did not have much insight on that. It was a fun game, yeah. though.
1: That's good. So, hot take. Do you like Into the Dark or Open Board more? Well,
2: the Cruit player in me hates Into the Dark, but the Legionnaire player in me loves Into the Dark. <laughs>
1: okay.
2: Um, but in general, I think um, I really like Into the Dark. I loved Arena last edition. Yeah, we uh, all did. And this reminds me of that. Um, it's like more of a pain-in-the-butt version of Arena because you have to set it Agreed. up. Mm-hmm. But But um, it is a uh, – I love it personally. Uh, I For me, and I've seen people say, like, it's formulaic. Um, I don't really agree with that. I think like turn one can be a little bit formulaic, but I think it's different for every team. And after turn one, it's just like a regular game of kill team in terms of like the, the formulaic part of it gets thrown out the window because it, this is like the alternating activations. So many different things can happen. Um, So I, I personally enjoyed it. I really like a lot of the rules on it. Like hatchway fighting is super interesting to me. Guard is really interesting to me. And I felt I had a really good grasp on that. Um, not that I don't like an uh, open board. I think open board's fun. I think there's a lot more like weird gimmicky stuff on open board though. Um, and I, some people will not agree with me on that, but <laughs> that's okay. That's why it's a hot take. Um...
0: I mean, I mean, just in general into the dark feels more like chess where you have opening moves. Like you mentioned formulaic on that first turn. Um, but then everything else, you know, you're right. It can be completely I, different.
1: Yeah. Because the terrain is
0: usually the same.
1: Yeah. I definitely agree that I think it's a really a lot like chess and check is chess is, is while it is formulaic, it's also very much not where I, like, everything can change at a moment's notice. Because like let's say there's you're playing a Pathfinder's player, like Austin, and he just goes on guard in one room, right? And you're like, Okay, well, I'll just wait till next turn to go in there. And know, yeah. I don't want to take any four or five shots to the face. Instead I'll go to the left, you know? Um yeah. so like it's also kind of like having those those predetermined thoughts about what's gonna happen. And also um initiative rules are super important in into the dark because you don't want that player to go on guard in certain areas. Or if they do, if you're if you know how to do it, you can also do a non reciprocal shooting in into the dark quite easily. Yeah. So um I find Into the Dark to be quite interesting and quite entertaining. Um, I really like Open as well, uh, but uh,
2: I, I will say um, I think when Into the Dark came out, I actually really didn't like it because I hated the match play missions. But I think CryOps mm, really awful. fixed it. Um, Definitely agree with with the match play missions. The they were so like like the maps were so sectored off from each other, like, the different lanes, you could never pivot from, like, one part of the board to another. And I feel like on the Crit Ops layouts, you can pivot really easily if you need to. Like, okay. it doesn't take you two turns just to, like, get somewhere else. Whereas on the Crit Ops, you can actually just move. To, like, if that situation comes up that you mentioned, where somebody does something that you aren't super okay with and you want to move to a different part of the board, you just move dash and then you're there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that. So speaking of crit ops, right. Um, have you noticed any kind of problems with them with, with crit ops? And do you like crit ops? Uh, I have a couple interesting stats after I get your, your take. Oh, I'm, I'm excited to hear. So I love crit ops.
2: I, I'm a huge fan. I do think that some of the criticism of crit ops is warranted. Um, uh, there are certain tack ops that I think are perhaps a little too easy to score. I think primary is probably a little too easy to items. max.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think primary is a little too easy to max. And I've seen a lot of different like versions of how they can fix that. And I've seen a lot of good ideas. Uh, I kind of just wish primary cap was at 15 instead of 12. I think that would literally just solve all the problems.
1: Okay. Um,
2: but and, and outside of the tack ops, there's a few tack ops that are too easy to score. Um and probably some that are too hard to score that just nobody's talking about because nobody takes them. Yeah. But uh, overall, I think that the game itself plays way better in this, like Skeleton, than it did before.
1: Yeah, I think um, a couple things, for me at least. I think security is by far the most, the most balanced um, of all the tech ops. I think that they it was too broken early, and then they kind of nerfed it and made a lot of things different and I would love to see a lot of tac ops change to being that they have to, you have to reveal turn two and score on turn two rather than everything being turn one. Um, personally, um, I I think there is also like a lot of tac ops that are way too easy to score, um, especially in Into the Dark, like rooms and a few other retrieve yeah, items. Yeah, I think the rooms really needs
2: to get changed. Yeah, the most probably. I mean, like recover item for sure but rooms yeah. is like at least like an online document. It's not like a printed thing. Yeah. So like, there's really no excuse to, to fix that.
1: Right. I, th- I like your idea of, of up, upping to 15. I've heard, there's a couple other ones out there that have been floating around as well. Like uncapping primaries entirely. Um, I think, um, like not, uh, you can make, you can get four per round, right? So it'd be essentially 16. I think 15 is also good. Um, or like maxing each one that you can take to three. But there's a couple of problems. Um, for instance, at LVO last year, there was one tied game. Yeah. At the All-Valley Team Tournament, there was two tied games, one of which was um, T.O. forced to tie because of, um, because of poor sportsmanship. So there was only one real innate tie. When we move to LVO 2023, can you, you want to, you want to take a, a stab at a percentage about how many ties there were? Oh man. So let me
2: think, because there's like 87 players. I'm going to do some quick math right now. There's 87 players. There was eight, eight games per player. Uh, so somewhere around 700 games. So like, I'm going to guess there was like.
1: 150 ties. So there was nowhere near that one. But <laughs> was I way over? Um, it was, you're, you're about double. So it was about 20% at LVO. LVO was, um, between the pods and between oh, the LVO. championships.
2: I was thinking, yeah.
1: KTO. Okay. KTO, KTO. There's, there was, I think there was more. Um, and I think that's just the innate version of into the dark, because you can't shoot anything on turn one and a couple other variations, players playing more cagey and, or just inting. Right. Um, yeah yeah um the intercessors no so it's about 20 to 25 percent we had at at the las vegas open of ties which is a drastic huge thing and now my thoughts have changed over the past few weeks on crit ops and i think that I, i really like crit ops i think that they definitely probably should be touched a little bit but the interesting thing about crit ops is that Almost every single game is max points. So it really is a feel good, a feel good version of competitive because every single moment, every single turn, every single like roll feels important because the game balances off one point a lot of the times, especially at the upper hand tables. Um, when you go to, um, the old like the old system, you know there was plenty of games where people were like six six to eight you know or six to twelve. It was very rare to score a max of twenty points um especially in like domination or stuff like that so um it's pretty fascinating when you start looking at some of the numbers um and like i I liked critical operations when it first came out, and then I kind of disliked it after l v o because of you know some of the ties and stuff, and then after playing in a tournament with CritOps, ops my first tournament with it um i i wound up to going back to liking it because it, it is such a feels good um especially yeah. for the players you know
2: and I, and I think like the high points in games it like gets i i've thought about this a lot and i don't know if i think it's like a better or like a worse thing inherently it's just different um and i can totally see how more ties is annoying for a to more so than it's annoying for a player um yeah so with that am i so i i think a lot of people because a lot of tournaments for a long time just didn't have ties there was just always a tiebreaker even if it was just swiss mm-hmm. um i'm personally i'm pro ties i kind of like ties
1: hey me too i'm pro. i, I.
2: I only tied once in the weekend it was against nick craven um, and it was Great an awesome player. game. Yeah, yeah. R- amazing player. Really good game. Um, and we tied nineteen and nineteen. And that was the game where it really clicked for me that with Kurt Ops, it is more of an emphasis on denial than it is on scoring your own points. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what separates. Mm. Uh, because it it is not hard to if you're running the right tac ops. You, a lot of the time, you're kind of just like getting your points while you're sc- like just playing the game. Um, yeah. for the most part. Like, sometimes you have to go slightly out of your way to do something. But, um, I think the real, like, differences came when you start paying attention to what your opponent's taking and actively trying to stop it.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I can also see where that's an issue in the game, too, where you could be like, hey, you know, there's a little bit, it might be a little bit too, too beneficial to take seek and destroy with, um, with Gellerpox and all they have to do is like charge one model on a on a on a point and then they score two tac ops in one round. And you're like, "Oh, well, that could that could be frustrating." Yeah.
2: No, for sure. Yeah. And like I I actually never maxed all weekend. <laughs> Funny enough, oh, yeah? every single one of my games except for my loss where I scored 16, I got exactly 19 points.
1: Oh, that's impressive still, you know?
2: Yeah, it was always it was one tac op or one primary that I couldn't get. Um and a lot of the good players I played would, you know, they'd actively stop me from getting like a second eliminate guard or a second route, or they'd kill my Robin Ransack guy or something and I'd get five out of six instead. Um and, like I tied against Nick Craven because I didn't try hard enough to deny his bloodbath, his second point on bloodbath. And if I just mm-hmm. like kept a little further away from his melta, you know, I probably I maybe I could have stopped that, but it's just like I wasn't in that headspace of denial at that point in the tournament. Yeah. It was like my second game. Um,
1: but yeah, I mean, that was my big takeaway there. So what do you think about games workshop allowing or them telling TOs that they're allowed to mess with some of the maps and say like, Hey, like if you want, feel free to add some of the narrative things inside it. So the rooms aren't so empty and barren and boring. What do you think? Uh, Oh, for into the dark. I didn't even know they, they said that.
2: Um, that's pretty interesting. I think it was in a Warhammer community article. I I remember that that one. Yep. So I, I mean, it's kind of hard because I've actually never played on Into the Dark with the, with the terrain, like the little scattered terrain that they have. I don't think it's a bad idea. I I liked it last edition with Arena, because all those would have like the little crates and like the barrels and stuff sitting around. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's weird because I felt like uh, you know, you know, like when I was playing Krut actually, um, one of their main things like their best things is they can take away light cover with one of their operatives. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's just no light cover on these boards. So like there's barricades. Useful,
1: yeah.
2: yeah. So I was, I remember thinking, I kind of wish there was a little bit of scatter train that people would like cling to so I could play around that a little bit.
1: Well, it could but, also um, make guard a little better because if you're a top player, you really know how to get around guard mm-hmm. kind of easily. Right. Um, It's kind of, Interesting to think that you know, oh well, maybe I just uh throw in a couple scatter pieces, and it makes guard a little bit better in the game, then yeah maybe then Pathfinders just get buffed and then they win, <laughs> yeah that's what we need um,
2: <laughs> yeah, I know I mean I, I don't know like i I found myself rarely going on guard this tournament, and so so you might be onto something there i uh Ryan and I played a lot of games where. Um, like there was one game in particular where, where we kind of like, he kept going on guard with his intercessors and I would mm-hmm. set up like a non-reciprocal shot. Cause you're just standing there. Yeah. And it's super easy. And we walked away from that game. Like, okay, maybe we shouldn't be like using guard this much.
1: Yeah. And yeah, it's funny. Um, I heard, so there's two things. Um, Chris Baki and his bats, the Bay area tournament squad um he's so good at taking non-reciprocal shots that he will actively punish you for going on guard because he's so good at like making sure that you know um he can get around that either by charging or doing whatever so he beat the merciless brains of all of his little bats into saying like hey guard is bad and not good and when they came to um, kill team open uh, you had somebody, somebody like Austin, who was running pathfinders and going on guard all the time in really advantageous spots, like in the corners of rooms. So it was way harder for somebody to actually do that uh, to to get non reciprocal shots because of the angles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, it was uh, it was pretty interesting to see kind of like the two different variations of somebody who went on guard all the time compared to. I believe Austin won the second. It was he in pod two or pod three, but whatever pod he was, I think he dropped like one point in the entire in like in the entire pod. Um, so it was pretty, pretty fascinating to kind of see like somebody who doesn't go on guard a lot and kind of like similar to you saying like, oh, I never use guard because you know it can be you know uh, abused, but uh, then you have other people who can actually use it effectively i think that there might be two different variations on how to play into the dark
0: right guard is life for him
2: yeah 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 i honestly i and i didn't get to play against any like hordes well actually that's not true i played against blooded twice but like shooty hordes um yeah like i personally think that guard is not bad on into the dark they're definitely not bad i played them <laughs> yeah you played them right I I thought I was like kind of high on them going in and I was expecting to see some just uh, on like the virtue of them being like a, like they're the starter box team. Uh Like everybody owns them. Like Ryan and I own like four boxes of them at this point. (laughs) Um, He was joking that we could start a vet guard or we could start an Imperial Guard Army.
1: I was thinking boarding action team. My guy boarding actions. Let's go.
2: Um, And that and Pathfinders. I never played either of them all weekend. No like real shooty horde teams, but I was really excited for that matchup because I, I think it's a pretty interesting one, especially for Legionnaires. It's
1: just like the
2: polar opposite of my team in almost every way.
1: (laughs) I played a Legionary team. um, Well, I started off pretty hot. I went like, you know, I went 2-0, 20-0 both games. And I played Liam, who was amazing. And I messed up a couple things, um, and I lost the game. And he he did a couple great plays and won the game by one point. And then I played against uh, Void Dancers. And it was a learning a learning activity for me on that one. I'm Not going to lie, yeah. <laughs> they were they were not fun for Vetguard to fight um, because of all their invulnerable saves. And they're like, "Oh, you have AP? That's cute." I don't care because I just make all sixes on my saves. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. Um, but that's besides the point. Um, in my second round, I, I did pretty well. It was a lot of it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think. Uh, I lost like two of my games. so, um, And then I misreported um, round three, so it shows up as a loss. um, But I don't care. I'm not going to go back and change it. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. What am I fighting for? Glory? No, I'm not. I'm just there to have fun.
0: Bringing it back to Void Dancers, that was actually the first game I watched you play. was on stream with Void Dancers when uh, Ryan and I were doing commentary for the stream. And we had, we had seen that you lost your heavy gunner right away, but somehow you still managed to turn it around with almost no losses. How was that game?
2: So, Oh, that was my game against Matt H Matt Hurl. Um, so like over the years I've, I've played him a bunch. Um, not in a while though. And it was actually really cool to see both of us on the top pod, just because we were like, we're like old, like old school, like competitive, like last edition players. Um, and then, of course, we're playing on on stream on day one, or on day two, on the first round. Uh, and I hadn't played against Void Dancers before with Legionnaires. That was, like, a totally new matchup to me. Uh, and that happened. Like, he gets my, he got my Heavy Gunner, and I was, like, thinking this could go south. And, like, he did, like, 10 damage to my Anointed before I could go, like, Demon Mode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this looks dangerous. We weren't using a chess clock, but if we were, I probably sat there for like 10 minutes just trying to think of how to like get <laughs> out of this jam. And because I'm like, well, I've got my anointed here on two wounds. He's about to die. He's my anointed. Like, his goal is to run in and kill things. and um, I'm like, so I could go with him right now and do like a mediocre activation where he dies but does some damage before he dies. Or I could go with somebody else, like my Bellfire, and have a decent activation uh, but then my anointed dies because he's sitting there with two wounds, and I thought about it for so long. And then after a while, I was like, you know what? Uh, my anointed's going to activate. He's not going to go demon mode. He's just going to close this door, and walk backwards and cap a point and conceal. And uh, that's what he did for the rest of the game. And I think it's I think that was the singular decision that won me that game, because I was able to bring my Melta up onto that door. And like defend it with like a full health guy, and the Anointed kept. He looted that point again, and then on the last turn, he moved, dashed over to my other middle point, and looted that, which allowed my Bellfire to move up and like take his points. So it was like it it was such a weird little thing to just like turn my brain off of like kill, kill on the Anointed, Um, because I I've probably played like two games ever where he goes the whole game without uh, doing the Unleashed Demon thing. Mm-hmm. and it was funny how like the best thing he did that game was nothing basically he <laughs> just he was just a normal guy um and he kept all the points for me and he let the rest of my guys do everything and then i got like a nice robin ransack play that he couldn't really make up and my leader had a nice like kill uh, like a double kill and it kind of just like quickly swung back but matt had me in the ropes for like a little bit during that game there
0: and I think the score, you you ended up just coming out way ahead, much higher than we thought. I think it was
2: like 18-8 eight or something? No, it wasn't that bad. It was 18... I want to say he had like 10 or 11. Okay. I did have a game later in the day that was 18-7 to seven on day two.
0: Maybe that's what I'm confusing it with.
2: Yeah, it was my game against Layla. She just rolled like absolutely nothing. And when Legionnaires like start winning, they snowball. And uh, so a lot of my wins were like very stompy. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like it, it wasn't super indicative of, of how my opponents played. Um, like it was one of the few times where I felt like I could actually like suppress the score uh, because I mean we were just talking about how easy it is to get a bunch of points, but I did play a lot of points where my opponents were like fighting to get like eleven or twelve. So right, I think it's a legionnaire's thing.
1: Yeah, I played Legionnaires my final game as from Vet Garden when you said earlier that they're really they're really uh, it's a really interesting matchup. Um, I think I played, um, used my melted and my plasma really aggressively. Ran up and shot both of the guys and whiffed both guys on two different models. Yeah. And um, you know that's uh, sometimes know how, how the goes. game goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, still, still, still kept it close because I used a mine layer that killed like three dudes at the end of the game. Nice. Um, yeah, but you know, still went twenty to nineteen, still lost it, but. You know, like, it's a very fascinating and fun matchup, so I I would definitely agree.
2: Yeah, that's actually something I would do a lot of the... Like, at all my games, pretty much, I would dangle my anointed with... Mm -hmm. I would give him the grizzly trophy. Mm -hmm. um, And I would throw him up on a door and open it on conceal. And I would just, like, dare my opponent to come try and kill him, because they're not going to, because he's Mm -hmm. Nurgle and he has a grizzly trophy. It's just not going to happen. And... When they don't kill him, he's going to go nuts and probably just win me the game. He's just going to take over the whole side of the board. And in almost all my games, that's pretty much what ended up happening. He was my MVP of the tournament, for sure, the Anointed, Except for that game against Matt where he just, like, he did basically. Hey, he was
1: still the MVP. He still scored a bunch of points. He was
2: actually still super useful, you're right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's probably knowing when to transform him and when not to, right?
2: Yeah, there's definitely like a, um, and we're going to talk more about Legionary later, but like
1: Mm
2: -hmm. uh, some people are like, oh, don't take the anointed on like loot because there's mission actions. Um, I disagree with that. I think you just take them every
1: game and it it is kind of like a balancing act
2: of like when you
1: go crazy. Somebody was asking me today about Legionaries because they're like, hey, how'd it go, you know, on Discords and stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, like I came back with some secret tech. I spoke to Shane, you know, and I found out how good Legionaries are. And <laughs> you always bring this guy, but he can't do missions actions. It doesn't matter. He said yeah. it doesn't matter. You it doesn't. Bring it.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, um, it's amazing. The model is so good. It's such
1: a problem. What was your, uh, what was your favorite thing about KTO, uh, Kill Team Open in general? My favorite thing, so
2: last year at KTO, um, first of all, I really liked the format this year where there was always meaningful games getting played day two, whether or not you did well on day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year on day one, I, I went two and two, so I didn't make the top pod. And day two, I just kind of had to like hop in a narrative and have no idea what I was doing. Um, but, uh, you know, I, the other thing about last year that kind of, and this wasn't on the fault of the organizers at all. But the one thing that happened last year that sucked for me was almost everybody I played was somebody that I knew. It was just pure coincidence. It was somebody that I'd played before, somebody that i met before. And a lot of the fun of going to these tournaments is playing people you've never played and and meeting new people um, in in these games that you play. And this year, almost everybody I played on the whole week, like six out of my eight games were against brand new people. And everybody was so cool, and, and I had such a fun time. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's
1: cool how, how cool of a community we have, I guess. There's a lot of great people. I definitely agree with that. I had nothing but great people to play the whole weekend and also not even play, just meet people that I've wanted to meet for so long, you know, being out here with us being secluded on the West coast. I mean, we have our own content creators out here, but you know, the East coast has them too. And it's super cool and fun to actually meet a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think like Ben, uh,
2: Battle Brothers tabletop, uh, Ryan and I, uh, it was, it was just cool seeing everybody, you know, like it's, it's these yeah. people that you'd almost never get to see like a few times a year, maybe. And, yeah. uh, Carrots, like, yeah, Travis, yeah, all
1: in Glass, the same space, Sheldon, you know, it was a, it was a fantastic Baki, you know, um, <clears throat> what was your favorite food dish at, uh, at KTO? Want something that Ryan made? Oh, um, Ryan made
2: some good food, if I'm being honest. Uh, yeah. I got the beef kebabs. Uh, right. I was a big fan of beef kebabs. The whole, like, I don't know. It was. I do wish I got the, t- uh, the tiki masala, though, because mm-hmm. I heard people saying it was really, really good. And I'm not Bruh. really, like, a big Indian food guy, so I was like, eh, no, I'm just going to get the beef kebab. And uh heard such good things about the tiki masala. I kind of wish I got it.
0: I got everything. (laughs)
2: Oh,
1: did you really? I
0: got got to try all of them,
1: (laughs) Jacobo, What was your favorite?
0: Um, You know, I I, tiki masala is like the more popular one, but I I have to kind of give it to the falafel. Okay, yeah, underrated falafel. It had a unique taste for falafels, and I'm I'm used to getting them very dry, and this one was very moist, which was a, a pleasant surprise cuz obviously the tikka masala and the steak or the beef are going to be excellent and they're going to be cooked prepared well but not everyone i know can make a proper falafel. so that is where my award goes to for that food
1: oh, okay well mine was definitely the tikka masala hands down by far none um Ryan came uh, Ryan came on our podcast and was like yo this is this shit is the jam <laughs> and i was like all right bet let's do it so we went there i ate it it. (laughs) and quite literally and um yeah it was the best chicken i've ever had i'm sorry shane you had to miss out but uh all more for me so beef kebab was good
2: i just thought such good things about the the tiki masala that i can't help but feel like i missed out a little bit you really couldn't make
0: a mistake they were all they're all choice dishes
2: yeah
1: yeah Yeah. at least you got to eat his cooking Speaking of food items, we always usually have this on our podcast when oh, we're interviewing comes... someone. Um, are you uh, a pizza guy, a nacho guy, a grilled cheese guy, or a quesadilla man?
0: Okay, or a so option.
1: for the diagonal deployments, correct? <laughs> yep. Yes, this is for diagonal uh, deployments. I'm a nacho guy.
0: Whoa. Oh my God. Man, Emmanuel's going to love you.
1: <sighs> Emmanuel is going to love you. Am I in, I'm, in, I'm not in nacho territory, am I? Yeah. No, I'm a pizza guy myself. I mean,
0: you kind of are because you know you're on the west coast so we have like a, a crap load of mexican food but um, <laughs> that's fair it's it not just even really mexican is that more american like american mexican
1: giacomo you tell like me
0: the taco bowl i don't know i'm peruvian i couldn't tell you <laughs>
2: <Wow>. <laughs> fair enough. i have no idea I, I, I don't know the answer to that question
1: all right well if doritos uh, ever <laughs> sponsors us. you know. If they do, it's going to be the Dorito Diploma Zone, or if Domino's sure. ever does. Uh, I think we can all agree on that, but until that point, um, we, this, this debate will continue to rage on forever.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think nachos and pizza are the two most selected options.
2: Yeah, yeah they I are, can't, for sure. I can't really imagine another option. I think those are probably the two front runners. Yeah, Giacomo.
0: I mean, if, if I'm being honest, like, I'm still going to stay with quesadilla, but it, when it comes to synony- synonymity, synonymousness, synonymous of foods what? and triangles, it's like pizza and, and tortilla chips are like, oh, those are triangular. So therefore, you know, you associate with triangles. And so when you see like a triangular deployment, you're like, ah, pizza or, or nacho in this scenario. I get it, you know,
1: or you could quesadilla. go with cheesecake or, you know. Quesadilla is
2: very much like the green party of this. Uh, it's very, yes, it's very much like the green party. It's yeah. just like
0: <laughs> the only people I know are me and like maybe like a handful of others. And yeah. I thought of it because there's folding styles, hot dog folding style, hamburger folding style, but there's not like a triangular folding style. So I just assumed quesadilla in my head because I've eaten a lot of quesadillas that are triangular and quesadillas fold.
1: <laughs> so. Moving, uh, moving back to, uh, the real subject matter of everything. Did you, uh, did you have a favorite like sportsmanship opponent that you played at KTO? Anyone that you want to like shout out that was actually like legit your favorite person that you played against?
2: I loved Mike Cortez who I played in the final round. Um, I thought he was, uh, a total pleasure to play. Uh, I didn't get to vote for him for best sport because my, the, the, he was the last round. So the vote happened before that point. Yeah, um, But mm-hmm. Mike was a really fun guy to play. It was all very like, we were super clear with each other. It was super respectful. There was never like, not that, and, and you know, m- all my opponents were respectful, but I don't know. Mike was just like, it, I, the way he played and the way I played, I felt like we just had a very good rapport of like, we had a good understanding of what the other person was doing or, or what we were like intending. And, um, I know a lot of people get super fatigued over the over the course of a tournament. I'm kind of like, I, this do, that doesn't really happen to me for some reason. I feel like I, as the tournament goes on, I play better. Um, and I feel okay. like I get into a better groove. And maybe because it was the last round of the whole weekend. But I was very, like, I knew exactly how I wanted to communicate everything I was doing. And he was super receptive to it. And he was communicating to me everything that he was doing. And it was just like it was such a great game of kill team, um, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, also, shout out to Layla from Brooklyn. Um, I mentioned earlier we played, and her dice were just like out of this world bad. And it was like the that was the game where my opponent got seven points, and it was not because she played bad. It was just it was one of those games. Uh, nice. But she took it super well. She and she was like a total class act about it, and she was a fun person to play too.
1: Did you have any uh, any in particular regrets from the tournament? Uh, regrets, like,
0: like as far as kidding, how I played, masala. I was going to say the tiki masala. <laughs> yeah,
1: other uh, other than the tiki masala, the uh, any kind of. Uh, you can take the question as you want.
2: Uh, I had way too much to drink Friday night, and on <laughs> Saturday, so I, I never get hangovers. Really, I just doesn't. Unless I'm drinking wine. And I did not drink wine on Friday night, but I woke up on Saturday and I felt like death Mm. and it was bad. Like I, I never go out drinking too. When I go to these tournaments, it just, it just happened. Um, And Saturday morning, it was like, I thought I was melting. I sit down for my first game with, with Dan, uh, (laughs) Dan Valente, who's a super nice guy. And I'm sitting there and my head is racing. I'm like, Wondering, like, am I, like, can I do this right now? And it really wasn't until after lunch on day one that I kind of got my wits together. But, oh, my God, that was a horrible choice. <laughs> I just felt like a zombie for about two hours. No, actually, more than that, because I, I woke up super early, and I couldn't go back to bed. Um, so I woke up at, like, 530, and I was, like, up slamming water. And I get to the tournament, and I'm like sweating, I'm like super uncomfortable. It was just the worst, oh my god
1: um well that's i I haven't drank myself um but uh I would assume that uh you've had like the you felt like you had the flu or something. A little bit, yeah. And I don't yeah. drink a lot really either. I don't know what this
2: sounds like. But I, I don't know. I was just I was out Friday and I'm like, you know we're in Baltimore, let's go to a bar. And it was me and Ryan and like a few other guys, like Chris Bachie. And I hear that man drinks. He does, he does. And he was totally he looked totally <laughs> fine on Saturday. Um I don't know what they did. But uh the West was, Coast thing probably. Yeah. Uh-huh. I um
1: I was not okay Saturday. <laughs> um Moving on to more legionary relevant stuff, um, how did you uh, how did you start to prep? Like, who was your main uh, person that you practiced against? Was it Ryan? It was mostly Ryan. Uh, Ryan and I were playing like
2: uh, a lot of games. Um, it was mostly I would run different teams against him, and then I'd like play my legionaries against him. And I wanted to make sure that he was super prepped because I was playing on TTS a little bit too, and he wasn't. Um, so I was playing with a bunch of different people. Um, but about half of my games are with Ryan. Um, and honestly it was, uh, it was pretty nice, like getting, getting games on TTS. Cause I haven't been doing that a lot lately. Um, and it's like you could just play against all sorts of different people all over the place. Um, so uh so Legionnaires there. It was it was it was a lot of fun getting my prep games in. And my prep went really well. So I was like not sure what to expect going into KTO because last year I was playing Wormblade and my prep went like really, really well and then I didn't do well. So I was like, uh, oh, am I gonna do good or is this just gonna be like last year where I just you know, everything's looking really good and then I show up and then I go like two and two. Mm. But um no, it was it ended up fine. I did well. And I was pretty happy with that. And it definitely, the prep helped. I mean, that's like, you have to prep a lot if you want to do well at these things, I think, unless you're like a total genius.
1: I feel you. Um, do you think TTS helped you a a lot? I've played a lot of TTS people in 2020 right after COVID and, um, It didn't seem like a lot of uh, TTS players at that LVO event were like super ready for actually in game stuff and like some of the social aspects of the game because it's so much different in person when you're playing in a tournament. Like you have to look your opponent in the eye. (laughs) There's like mind games that can happen. Um, Sometimes the dice, you know, can be super hot, unlike, you know, randomly generated stuff. Um, Do you think that TTS helped you a lot? Yeah, for sure. So I, I definitely. I hear you
2: on that about the um, like the different aspects. That's why I was super happy to be getting a lot of games with Ryan, like in person, uh-huh. like as well. That was about half of my prep games, but that that is definitely a thing that I've noticed where there are certain people that like started on TTS. And then when they, they were like really good there and then they flipped to real life and it's like a totally different, you know, it's a, it's a different world. And Uh, for me, honestly, it was like, it it was mostly just, I was using TTS to like force games and like understand my team as well as I can. And then like the games with Ryan was just like that, but also, you know, it's, cause it's very different to be like standing there and like looking over the board and, and like, you know, what things are good to do to like, you know, get yourself comfortable and, and like set a rhythm for yourself. Um, And a lot of that happens over the course of the tournament too, because you get there and it's like, Oh, I have a lot less room to put my stuff than I do when I'm at home where I can just like spread all my stuff out. And part of it was like, and I'm kind of a messy like player. Like my stuff just gets everywhere. But, um, well, it took me like three games before I started to get into a rhythm where it's like, all right, I'm going to put this here and that there. And I don't need much room as long as I do this and that. And that would just like clear my headspace a lot too, which was really nice. Um, and I liked playing on stream because there's way more room at the stream table. Dakota, you play oh, on stream, yeah. so you know what I'm talking about. I,
1: I played twice. I think for me, that was probably the most added stress of the event for me was just the lack of space. Yeah, in general, because like like normally when I you know LVO didn't have that problem. My other tournaments don't typically have that problem. When when you're playing, you know, typically my tournament trays that I sell, uh, sh- shameless plug there, but. <laughs> Typically those are not like they're, they're really good because you they compact into small little bit things. And then you can move them from table to table. But even those, they were just like a burden at this event because there was like six inches on one side. I remember there was this point um, where a player put his, um, his dice tray on our table before the game event started. And I was like, Hey bud, could you move that? And he's like, where am I supposed to put it? And I was like, I don't know, but not on my table. Um, And I felt, I felt a little rude for saying that that's probably my biggest regret, but like everyone was struggling. And then like, sometimes you had to play with your models in your lap or it just added so much more to think about like, Oh, do I put them on the ground where somebody can kick them on accident or, you know? Yeah. It it was definitely, definitely a little bit more thought process than normal.
2: Yeah. I, I totally get that. And I would pretty free, like I was trying to get my dice tray. And every time because I have a dice tray that I like a lot and for the most part I was able to squeeze that in there like I'd usually be willing to put one of my other things on the floor just so I can <laughs> make sure I had my dice tray out yeah but um no
1: I I feel yeah it's it was it was definitely pretty tough with with the space and that's why I like stream again yeah the stream was awesome and it was a lot of fun being able to, to interact with the with the uh with the chat and all that kind of stuff too so yeah, and I've noticed that's how stream is
2: for like every event I've ever been to. Like last year at KTO, there's way more space on the stream table. Um and I, I went to a Marvel Crisis Protocol tournament in December that uh where I played on stream a couple times and again it was just way more room, it was way more comfortable. Uh so I I'm kind of and I don't really get jitters, but I some people hate playing on stream. Um it doesn't super bother me, so Yeah, I love it. I,
1: I kind of enjoy it, yeah. The um, yeah. What about you, G? Have you ever played on stream before? Oh, you played here a couple times. I played
0: on stream before. I have no issues on camera. I love the camera. <laughs> yeah, you
1: do. <laughs> it's one of my favorites, man. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's let's transition a little bit into to the legionaries, the chaos boys. I yeah. heard that you like Nurgle and Slaanesh. Uh,
2: yeah. That would be your, uh, your I, typical
1: favorite roster pairing.
2: Mostly Nurgle. Um. I, I think Nurgle is the best, but I do like, it's, it was mostly like I had corn in there because corn was like the standard. And then I was like, I'm never taking this. And then I found a use case for like one Slanesh guy. And I was like, yeah, let's just put him in because I'm not going to run the corn anyway. Right. Um, but I, I'm a, mostly a Nurgle guy.
0: Makes sense. Durability is strong. They have really good stratagems to keep you on the board.
2: Yeah. The durability is, is clutch. It's just like very nice being able to put your models in like super key positions and knowing that they're probably not going to die. Like, and if they do, it's going to take a lot of resources from the opponent just to kill them. And then, yeah. cause like you look at corn and it's like, oh, they can kill stuff. It's like, well, Nurgle is still very killy. Like these models on their own without extra offensive buffs are like monsters. Like you don't actually need corn to be these like super strong guys, these killy guys. Yeah. Um, and I think for a team that only has six bodies, I think you, I'd rather have durability than that little like extra one damage or, or something. And I know for some teams, it's like, you know, you can one shot a Corsair if you charge them and you have this ploy up. And, but I don't know. It just never really seemed necessary to me. Um, I had times when if I was corn, you know, a Corsair would have exploded my guy and instead he lived on like four or five wounds and then he, Turned around and killed that guy anyway. So,
1: yeah, I think actually the only reliable time I've ever been able to kill like a Nurgle Legionnaire is um, on one particular team, and that would be the the old Comarites with the Dark Lance. Which I'm quite excited for the Hand of the Archon coming up. But um, yeah, I, I remember killing two two guys with the Dark Lance in one game. It felt pretty nice. Um, but uh, that's the only team. I mean, I thought Vetguard could do it because they can. They sure can melt Intercessors, but. Not not legionaries. There's there something else on toughness wise. Yeah, it's
2: it's just hilarious, and especially against intercession, where it's like their bolters are now two four against me, and their chain swords are three five, and it's like
1: they it's just true. can't kill you. They yeah. it's just so bad for them. Do, did you is that would that be your favorite matchup of the of whole event? Would be intercession.
2: Uh, so intercession and. Um, I'll say this now, Breachers are Garbo against Nurgle Legionnaire.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> Everybody talks about
2: how amazing Breachers are and how they're, like, the, the best team. And they are very good. But Nurgle Legionnaires, I think, is a blind spot for them. I don't think they have, like,
1: anything that is good against them. Well, that's
2: fascinating. What
1: about, your, uh, what about your least favorite matchup? What were you kind of scared of going into the event?
2: Uh, I So it's, like, it's not that I was, like, really scared of, like, a team like Vetguard or something. But I was afraid of vet guard specifically on, like, loot and on, like, one of the missions that has, like, a bunch of middle objectives. Like, which is, like, layout one, layout three, and layout six. Mm-hmm. Layout one has just four in the middle, and it's just, like, a cluster. Um, and layout three and six have two on your side, two in the middle, two on your opponent's side. And if you end up on the loot on those, you're incentivized to go to them early in the turn to loot them before your opponent does. And if you're an elite team and you do that, and you run to those objectives in the middle early, uh, the horde team is going to like set up and just kill your models, uh, and that's like the hardest thing to deal with as as a horde team. So what you or as an elite team, so what you actually have to do there is you just have to go down a point. You have to go down like two points, and I... play catch up. And that, that's really difficult. So Vet guard are really good at forcing me to do that.
1: Yeah, I love that matchup. ever that, those maps, and I think it's—I think they're—they're <laughs> they're good in anyone in those matchups on those particular maps. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, and then you said that your most your favorite operative of all of them was the Anointed, the MVP, and Into the Dark specifically. Do you have any? Uh, does it change when it goes to open? <laughs> if I'm being honest, I've barely played
2: this team on open. Um, I, cause I just picked them up for, for KTO and then I, uh, so it's been all into the dark. So I, I've thought about open a lot. Um, I'm pretty sure that doesn't change on open board. Um, I, I, some teams I think are like, like, some, I've seen a lot of people say, Oh, Talons are not going to be nearly as good on open board as they are where on into the dark. And I agree with that. Um, I don't think that applies to Legion as much, and it's mostly like other teams get better rather than legion get worse. Uh like suddenly pathfinders are a thing i have to like really worry about again. Which sucks. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah.
2: Um but i do think Legionnaires are still perfectly fine on open board. Uh they they you know there's a little bit of a difference. Um you have to worry about turn one aggression a little bit more which sucks. But they're built for it. So it's not like super duper scary. Um I actually did take double gunners every game this weekend. So, I mean, uh, my list layout isn't going to change like a ton going to open board. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to say right now. I need to get some, some reps in on it.
1: Okay. What is, uh, what, what is your typical list? Like, uh, so what, what did you typically take? Yeah.
2: It was funny because in a lot of my prep games, I was taking the Icon Bear with the, either the chainsaw or the Bolt Gun. And I was really liking that model. And then at KTO, it just happened to be this way. I just didn't end up running him once. Mm. Um, And usually if I would run him, that would mean I wasn't running like a heavy bolter. But uh, this weekend I ran the uh, champion every game as my leader, and he would either have a power fist or a power sword, depending on the matchup. Okay. And I had the, the anointed every game, the shrivetail in every game, uh, in seven of my games, I took a Melta Gunner, and one of them I had a plasma gunner. Okay. I had the heavy bolter every game, and I had the bellfire every game, and they were always nurgle. Um, so this means I never took the butcher. I never took the icon bearer. The butcher was only there if I ran into like Pathfinder's Revet I really like him against that. And the icon it just never I don't know, it just never happened. I don't really know why I didn't take him. I, I liked him against some of the eight wound teams. I only put against Corsairs once, and the board was like a lot of corridors, so I really liked the double gunner on there. So that's kind of like the main reason. Okay. Um, but I do like the chainsword, uh, the the chainsword icon bear with like the tainted rounds bolt pistol. He's like super good at killing eight wound models, and he can like charge, fight, double tap, or something. Um, but just ended up taking the heavy bolter a lot of the time.
1: Okay, hobby-wise, did you bring two different sergeants with the loadouts, or was he magnetized?
2: Uh, so, funny first? story, I just ran, if the games where I ran the aspiring champion with the power sword, it was just the chosen, because I never actually used the chosen, and he's kitted Fair out enough. with the same stuff. So I'm like, yeah, okay. this is my aspiring champ. Um, yeah. And I don't think that's super crazy, but um, I uh, I pretty much hadn't, Everything I needed, I think. Uh, I don't think there's anything I was lacking. Uh, I do kind of wish I had a champion with the um, Tainted Chainsword, because he's actually better against eight wound models than the Power Sword, just because um, it's the same, like, math, but, like, a little bit better, because you have Balanced, and uh, you can parry twice with one. Okay. And, like, the the lethal five crits don't really do anything extra for you.
1: Yeah, the... um... I'm quite excited to, uh, I, I, I also did something very similar with my vet guard team. I have Danny Trejo Machete and sometimes he's the commsman where he just screams at everyone. Other games, he's the bruiser other games. He's the zealot, you know, and he just has like, he's a role player. He is. I (laughs) I mean, I literally just make it up. I'm like, Oh, well, you know, today he's the veteran. I mean, the zealot, (laughs) because he's screaming at you to attack better, you know? So
0: (laughs) I mean, the man acts in like everything, you know, he'll take any kind of role.
1: He is by far my the most diverse actor on that team, so I love it. Um, <laughs> so I totally understand uh, switching a model up every here and there because that essentially that's what Kill Team can do. So that's the best. That's the best thing about it. Um, your set of Tac Ops. Uh, what did you typically take in a game for uh, the average Joe's out there? Uh, so
2: I this is another thing where it's funny because I was talking about like the list building and the tinkering, but I did a lot of same. Like samey things throughout the tournament. I actually ran the same three tac ops every game. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> um, I ran route, rob, and ransack, and eliminate guards every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even That's did it in against intercession, and I should not have. That that was the hangover. That was the first game. I should have taken assassinate target in that game, and I did not. Um, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I, I think those are the three best. I thought route was going to be harder, but I maxed it most games. It was like not hard to
1: max at all, actually. Um, Escort operatives is is the bane of every vet guard's player's existence. Not gonna lie. So uh, that one is you'd like pick a guy and they have to be yeah security. No, I meant the other one. The the, um, sorry, I'm at a brain fart. Yeah, eliminate guards. That one is the 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 bane of uh, of vet guard players. It's maxed every time. Easy. Yeah, actually, there's a few times
2: where I... T- <laughs> so, I was saying earlier, Legionnaires are very snowball-y. So, like, when you start to win, you just start to kill everything. Yes. Um, and I actually did have serious problems where I, I would kill too many things on, like, turn two or three. And then I could not get Eliminate Guards because
1: there was only, like, there's three no guys game. left. And, like, none of them <laughs> were on objectives. <laughs> Uh, That's not a bad thing to be. That's not a bad thing, you know? I mean, maybe if if the tournament's riding on a a singular point, it is. uh, Yeah, but I mean, that would never happen, right? (laughs) No, it never would. (laughs) (laughs) What are the odds of that happening, right? (laughs) Uh, You know. um,
0: What's a common pitfall that you tend to see a lot of uh, Legionnaire players make when they're first playing the team?
1: uh, The
2: biggest one is that they... Is what I was saying earlier, where they see the anointed, they see he can't do mission actions sometimes, and they don't take him on missions with mission actions. I think that's a major issue. Um, I think you just need to auto take that model, and just know when to flip him and and when not to flip him. And uh, if if you can do that, I think you're you're going to have a lot more success. Uh, beyond that, I don't want to say like, oh, they take Zinch instead of Nurgle or something, but um, I do think it's a mistake <laughs> to lean more into like corn or Slanesh over, like, whatever the other one is. Because you can't mix Nurgle and Zinch, and you can't mix corn and Slanesh. So, like, if you're taking Nurgle and either of the other two, Slanesh and Korn, um you should probably be defaulting to Nurgle. And same thing if you're playing Zinch. You should be defaulting to zeench for the most part. And I think that, like, you have certain guys that are good role players that will occasionally be corn or Slanesh or something in some matchups, Rather than being like, "Oh, here's my full corn team," I don't think that's really usually the best play. Um, like, uh, like I know some people really like the corn butcher if they're against eight wound teams. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it should probably be a part of like a bigger Nurgle or a bigger Zinch team. And like I had the silna Shrive Talon if I played against Galarpox, Pox, and it's the same idea there, where he's he's. I mean, I'm gonna have five Nurgle guys and then my one guy who's there for like one. Very specific thing, so that's that's been my takeaway. But I don't know. Everybody plays this team different, so
0: that's why it's such an exciting team.
2: Yeah, they're cool. They're they're so fun.
0: <laughs> now you kind of mentioned fighting against Gellerpox with the team. What what was your what would be your trick?
2: Uh, so this is like I actually I can't take full credit for this idea because I got it from talking to Ryan Wilfong because I was like, well, Gellerpox is a problem. He's the Gellerpox guy. So I messaged him on Discord like a week. Or two before the tournament and we talked about it and uh, the, the idea basically is the Slonesh Shrive Talon uh, he has an ability called Horrifying Dismemberment where when he kills something in melee combat you can pick another enemy operative within three inches of him and they get minus one APL because they like just watched you kill a guy um, and then the Slonesh uh, tactical ploy uh, is called a, is, oh, what is it called Captivating something, I forget what it's called, but you pick a guy, you spend one CP, you pick an enemy operative within range within three inches of the Slimesh operative, and you subtract one from their APL. So against Gellerpox, you charge a bug near uh, ideally two Hulks, worst case scenario, one Hulk. You kill the bug basically for free. You stun that Hulk so he's just not doing anything for his next activation and then if there's another hulk you pay 1 cp and then that hulk isn't doing anything for their next activation. Yeah.
0: Wow, what a shutdown.
2: Gatherpox just cannot do anything when that happens
1: and then shut the door so they can't open the doors. Ha.
2: Yeah, and then like the funny part is next like uh, when they're finally when they've overcome that if you haven't stunned them again um they're ultimately most of their operatives are not very good against the shrive Talon. He's like a kind of a nightmare for them. He just always fights first. He's like, and he's fast. Cause he's slanush, So he can like get out of there if
1: he needs to. Um, I just think, do it's, you think a, it's a great counter. Do you think our BDs are going to be a problem for, uh, Gellerpox as well? Just straying off topic. Cause they can, they always act as attackers with the shields. I, i kind of like our BDs, So I've been looking at them a bit. Um, I might
2: play them for a teeny bit after, uh, like in the post KTO days, I think that I thought about that exactly. And I think probably no, because the, the problem with it is the shields hit on fours. Okay. And the Gellerpox are going to pop rust emanations every turn. And they're hitting on fives and that's pretty rough. Um, but I do think the shotguns are going to be pretty good against them. So like uh, maybe it's an okay matchup. I don't know yet. I, I really like the look of the RBDs, so I I want to get them on the table soon.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, uh, when I played Orion the day afterwards, um, and my vet guard were hitting on fives, yeah, even against the freaking bugs, it was a nightmare. I had literally at the beginning of the turn, I'd have to spend clear the line so I could auto retain one, <laughs> yeah, because like I was like oh, I can't roll a five to save my life because the emperor is not on my side. <laughs> <laughs> Keller Pucks is
0: the literal boogeyman of this game. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: okay, that's cool. Do you um do you have any favorite equipment? I heard you talking about uh, Grizzly trophies quite a lot. Yeah, Grizzly trophy was there every game, uh, always on the Anointed. That's another like
2: uh, that's a lot of people will put it on different guys. I personally, that's just who I put it on. Uh, keeps him safe before he goes demon mode. And once he is demon mode, he's pretty much unkillable. Um, every game I took the Heavy Bolter, I would take Suspenser System. So I took the Suspenser System every game. You see it every game. Yeah. And the other thing, this would change from game to game. Sometimes I would go double Malefic Blade on my gunners okay, to make them good in melee. And the Malefic Blades were amazing in this tournament. And the games when I took them, I was always really happy that I took them. Specifically, I think against Matt uh, of Void Dancers, uh, the Melta gun with the Malefic Blade was like my MVP. He was, wow, a stud. Um, he was doing so much work, just and He would melee and survive and kill something, and then he'd melt to something, and then he'd get in another melee, and it's like well, this guy's just like soloing his whole team. Um, and then the other thing, if I didn't take the Malefic Blades, is I would give my Psyker a crack grenade because he can. Malign influence himself to get lethal five, no cover, yeah, and throw a crack <laughs> grenade, which is pretty nice. It's nuts, Ooh. but uh, that, that I, I never took anything other than those variants, so it was always the grizzly trophy suspensor system. And then, depending on the matchup, I would either take the crack or the malefic blades.
1: So, when, when you're playing this team, um. Would you consider this team to be an easy team to pick up and perform well with, like for anyone who's out there looking to be a tournament player?
2: Uh, that's a tough question. I mean, I think maybe um, I I feel like the teams I'm good with are like all over the place. So it's hard for me to say, like I picked them up very easily. So uh, I've always been somebody that really likes elite teams in, in skirmish games. So if, if that's your thing, then I think this team is really perfect for you. They're not the easiest because intercession exists, but uh, they're they're not like super simple either. And I think there's a lot of like traps you can fall into with Legionnaires where like, and a lot of it is in that pregame stuff and like how you set up and, and which operatives you take and what equipment you take, I think can make a huge difference. But like, there's two schools of thought as far as like playing them, where some people will say, oh, the elite team is easier because there's less of a cognitive load. But there's the other argument of like, oh, well, you only have six activations and they all need to really matter. Right. So, like, you can't yeah. really afford to screw up an activation. So, like, and when I would screw up after the game, it would be really easy for me to reflect on it because you only get so many activations. It's like, I did this wrong in that activation. And if I just did this one other thing, you know, maybe I, I, I get an extra point or something. Whereas with a horde team, it's like sometimes the, you know, it's, it's, you have a lot more um, on the, on the upside, you have a lot more redundancy. So like, if you lose a guy, you have like 10 others that are potentially willing to pick up the load. But you know, on the other hand, it's like when stuff goes wrong, it's like, where do you even start? Right. Because there are so many activations on the board and, one thing led to one thing led to another thing. And it's, it's, it can be hard to like parse out what the mistakes were. So I think um, at least for me, I was able to learn from my mistakes really well with Legionnaires. And, and there is that pressure for sure, where you don't have a lot of guys and you need to make a count. But um, I, I kind of took, I took them up pretty, um, pretty naturally for me, but uh, there's
1: other teams I can't play that other people can. So, I don't know. Do you um do you have any tips for like the new players that that play Legionary?
2: Uh I first like starting out, just keep it simple. I think my advice, even if you're not planning on being a Nurgle player, just keep it simple and play a bunch of games with full Nurgle. And I, I think it legitimately will make you it's easier to just like understand the fundamentals. You get punished less hard. Um whether or not you want to keep playing Nurgle, you know. Um that's up to you. I personally am full team Nurgle. I think they're just amazing, but they're very forgiving, which is cool. So like I think for a new player Nurgle should be the way to go.
1: It's fascinating cuz I actually don't see very many just pure Nurgle teams do particularly great at any of my events. So seeing <clears throat> someone place so well that just, you know actually plays Nurgle is really really cool to see. Um <clears throat> because you know, I think I saw Marty do pretty well at LVO. Um, but um He was Zinch. He was yeah. Zinch. Yeah, it's that's kind of a thing I've
2: noticed too, where it's like the prevailing notion seems to be oh Nurgle's the good one. But all the people that are doing well in tournaments with them that I've seen are playing Zinch. So Except for you. Well, yeah. All the other people. <laughs> so someone be good with know, blowing, maybe, please. Yeah. <laughs> maybe uh maybe Nurgle's not as uh or maybe it is. I don't know. So it's just good in my opinion. I think it's easier.
1: Okay. Um <clears throat> what about for like a high level player, somebody who's looking who's been playing this team for a while, something that might be like some some kind of like hidden tech, you know?
2: Uh well, I think that the like like look at your meta, I think is the big thing. Um so like your local meta, if you're if you're seeing a lot of AP2, maybe then that's that's the time to switch to Zinch or something. Um, uh, you know, I think uh, there are certain matchups where Zinch is certainly better than Nurgle, and there are certain matchups where, you know, Slanash is better than Korn. Um And I think a lot of that is just evaluating what am I going to be playing against, right? Like, if you're playing against... True. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, a team with a ton of AP2. Like, if you're playing against Star Striders or something. Yeah. Every week. Okay, sure. Like, bust out Zinch. Maybe that's part of your roster now. But I think if you're going to a big tournament, I think the reliability of Nurgle is going to take you farther.
1: I agree.
2: Um, m- most times. And I think there's, like, I don't know, like uh, a lot of people like Zinch for the 4-up Uh I personally like Zinch for the, the extra a- uh, APL they can get for a CP. I think that's their best play. Uh, and the Involn is just, like, nice to have. Because a lot of the time, the things, the guns that you want to use to punch through a model with a 4-up Involn are the same guns you're using anyway? Like, like you're still going to take the the Melta. Like, you're not going to be like, oh, well, they have a four-pin and I'll use my bolt gun. No, like, you're still going to use the AP2 gun because you want to force them to use that. And ultimately, you're just hoping they fail their their coin flips, and you're hoping you make your coin flips. Whereas with Nergola, it's like, well, I know I'm going to take damage. Um, whereas Zinch doesn't know for sure that they're going to take damage. But... Uh, I think the floor is a little bit safer. Like I'm more likely to survive. And then when I do survive, I'm more likely to be useful when I have like four wounds left compared to the Zinch guy who has four wounds left and he's injured and now he's hitting on fours. Um so I mean I guess just like uh like look very carefully at your meta and um in pinpoint like little weaknesses that you can you can kind of like exploit like with the with the drive talent thing Skellar parks, I think is a good example of that um if you can if you can pinpoint stuff like that, I think that's uh super helpful, yeah,
0: well boys, looks like we're coming now around now,
1: yeah, it's been like yeah. A while. <laughs> been, yeah, hot minute. Is there, a, is, is there anything that you want to specifically plug? Um, you know,
2: Well, uh, I do have this channel um, called Command Point, oh, and yeah. we mentioned it earlier. But, uh, yeah, it's Ryan and I. <laughs> Ryan also, um, shout out to Ryan for helping me prep so much and, and, and stuff. Ryan also did great at KTO. He won five wins, two losses, and a draw with, uh, with intercession. So he had a good weekend as well. Um, but yeah, we, we make kill team content geared towards competitive. So if this is your thing, uh, listener, go check us out. Uh, we also have, a, another thing for Marvel crisis protocol. If you're interested in that called crisis point, it's its own separate YouTube channel and stuff now. So that's a lot of fun. Um, as always, you know, you know, shout out to everybody listening, but, uh, and shout out to all my opponents at KTO. I, I played some really cool people. So, uh, yeah, I think that's about it.
0: All right. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. It sounds good to have more. Thank you guys for having me on. That's super cool. Yeah, I look forward to watching more of the Command Point, and actually probably more Crisis Point than anything else because I really like Marvel. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, you know where you can find us at Squad Games, or at Squad underscore Games underscore Entertainment on Instagram at. our Discord channel, Squad Games Discord. And we're also on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash squadgames. Um, Until next time, go web warriors.
2: (laughs) Go spider foes.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and it's Giacomo here, and I'm with Ben from Tabletop Battle Brothers. This time, I'm not going to butcher saying the name. (laughs) Uh, Ben,
3: how are you doing? It's it's Battle Brothers tabletop.
0: Oh no!
3: <laughs> I even had it in front of me. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Wow. Uh, that's All right. Stay I, in for the good show. talk. Good talk, uh, Giacomo. Uh, I'll just be leaving now. Thanks so much.
0: I guess I will catch you <laughs> on the next one. Oh, it's literally right in front oh, of me.
3: I, love I was it. so nervous I love of messing it.
0: up that I messed up.
3: Oh, I love it! All good.
0: All uh, good. It's you a mouthful. Lo- you, it's a mouthful. You love to see it. Um, you love to see it, Ben. Well, how you I been? Do. How your How was your week recovering from? the kto event
3: i feel i feel like i haven't quite recovered yet i have a bunch of messages i need to get to um but but it's been good um the the week following kto has been almost as fun as the weekend of kto um just hearing from everybody and seems like everybody had a had a good time in the narrative event uh, that i was running so that's always super rewarding um you know it's nice to know you didn't totally suck you know little little validation goes a long way and uh so yeah, just catch it up. I I I just spent a lot of time with the family um because it was a whale all weekend and I got I got you know two kids under five and so it's like a, a hard, hard time to to be gone, but but good man. How how about yourself? You you doing okay?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, we celebrated my dad's birthday this last week. Uh, I nice. went back to work extremely tired. I had to run to my connecting flight because I had about five minutes to get to it before they launched off. I had two minutes to spare. Oof. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. You know, I had the anxiety you had when you were going <laughs> to the airport, but you had two hours, or uh-huh. I had like five minutes. So
3: <laughs> really, um, so were, were you hanging out with with Dakota and, until your flight, or how that worked for you?
0: So when we went to the original flight, that was no problem. Dakota was actually running a little bit late. He made his flight. Um, so there was no problems there. I told him, Hey, you know, just in case I'm going to go to my flight so that I don't get late. So the first flight was fine. Then when I was in Texas and I was, when we oh, landed that's in Texas, right. you had it
3: connecting. Yeah. That's right. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's the part that killed me. Cause I, I was talking with everyone around me in my seats and we're all saying, Oh, we have to get to different flights at different terminals. I was in the same terminal, thankfully, but my gate was from 39 to, uh, I think it was 15. And I I just had to run <laughs> to the other end like of the of the terminal just to get there with two minutes to spare. Oh, My legs hurt and hilarious. they were so tense. Uh, but that was it. Yeah, that was fine. Yeah. And then I went to work on about four hours of sleep, which is always fun.
3: Oh, uh
0: Yeah. But otherwise, the week has been great. I have a bunch of Into the Dark sets I have to build. Uh, Ooh, total like a,
3: official official Into the Dark or super spicy lusters uh, Into the Dark.
0: So I got two of the lusters into the void sets and i have okay. two of the boarding actions which is four into the dark sets so i have six right. total yeah. that i have to build
3: i have a fun little anecdote about into the dark terrain uh last night at at warpfire the the sort of you know warhammer uh-huh. wargaming store that i work at uh two two of my it was one coworker and then a bud there who shows up they were struggling so hard to put together one boarding actions box because they're going to have a game of 40k boarding actions and i was on the table next to them setting up two tables of into the dark terrain for kill team and Mm -hmm. i was just like laughing at them the whole time like like what a cool thing to to boast about right like i'm so good at building this specific (laughs) terrain but after the weekend of kto a one, A two, A three, A four, B one, B two, B three are burned into my brain. Wow! I feel like uh, I feel like an assassin who's trained <laughs> to like take apart their their rifle, uh, blindfolded, and put it back together. That that's what I feel like. Um, and so so yeah, I feel like I'm a pro now, man. And I you you helped me as well, so I appreciate your help. You and Andy, yeah. uh, by the way, from Glass Half Glass Half Dead, or I'll I'll, I'll mispronounce the name, Dead Half Glass. Uh, and uh, yeah, Glass good Half. Times, full, good yeah. times, I love it yep
0: yeah i mean that was yeah. a lot of fun at kto i really enjoyed helping you set up the narrative stuff uh with, I appreciate speaking it, of kto man. uh what was your favorite thing about it you know this is one of the first big events that we were both at i'm, I'm sure you've been to other big events before but still
3: oh man um yeah so I, I went to kto last year which was a good time um as just a a partaker um and this time i i was there as a um i don't know i, I was running a narrative event uh but yeah, so I had a lot, a bunch of good, good times. I got to say, man, I've said it before and I'll say it again. My, the, the highlight for me when I look back at it was, was sort of bouncing around doing, doing stuff with you, uh, in, in between while I should have been TOing and while you should have been on stream, <laughs> we were kind of shirking off a little bit. Uh, and, uh, Hanging out in the VIP room and helping ourselves to uh, accoutrement in, in said VIP rooms and having a good time. That was, for me, when I look back on it, uh, this is the first time we met. Uh, I feel like, you know, it made a good connection there. And that, that, that was the best part for me, man. That was the best part. I felt alive. I felt so alive doing things that we shouldn't be doing. I felt alive.
0: Right? Man, we're treacherous.
3: Good <laughs> the, hey, you and me, the bad boys of Kill Team, giacomo That's what us. that's what they're calling us online.
0: Oh, man, and Giacomo, right. the bad boys of Kill Team. <laughs> bad boys, tabletop gang. Pro- I'm not even going to make a good name. I was trying to think of a way to do it. <laughs> We're like Will Smith and uh, oh my god, I can't remember his other name right now.
3: <laughs> oh, is it Martin? Martin Lawrence?
0: uh Martin Lawrence. Yeah, there we go. Uh,
3: I think You so. can be Will Smith. Yeah. I'll
0: be Martin Lawrence. I like Martin Lawrence's Ooh, character in that movie.
3: Okay, nice, <laughs> nice oh man how about you man what was your what was your um sort of standout or favorite moment from kto
0: well i don't want to just say the drinking because that was a lot of fun when we were just walking around and we were on stream saying stuff because we could under the influence (laughs) but another really good time was just taking pictures of the place and just when you look through a picture and you look at it again later, you realize just how much stuff was actually going on. You, like, you take a moment to go, mm. oh, this guy in the corner was picking his nose or, oh, that guy dropped a dice or something, you know, like you really get to focus in on the details. And for me, that was sure. that was a lot of fun was looking at my pictures after and really taking it all in that this did just happen. And it, went, yeah. it was successful, really successful.
3: Yeah, it, it went great, man. It really was a good time. Um, seemed like everybody had a good time. Uh, Especially in narrative, that was uh, just good time central, I think. But also, the competitive players, you're going, you're sweating it out, you know. And they had like some like 80 or 90 folks playing. Very cool, man. In a a, a pretty cool mansion or a tent, you know. And uh, it's a good time. There were times where I actually preferred the tent. It was more fresh. Listen, the tent, the the weather was, I would say, perfect tent weather. Perfect weather to be in a tent. Um, We really lucked out. And it's a dope tent, man. It's a pretty cool tent. As far as tents go, tent out of tent is what I would score. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: he just went there. Hey, he's a dad. He can have dad jokes. I can have. I could do
3: that. Yes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh,
0: but his jokes are better. His come from the source. Mine are like a secondhand. You know. <laughs> you know that was good. Um, so speaking of the narrative event, you like you mentioned, you did run it. Um, yep. why did you choose to run the narrative event? Did they reach out to you, or did you reach out to them?
3: Yeah, so so Steve reached out to me. Oh man, I, at this point, maybe six months ago, I don't remember how many months ago, but it was a, a bunch of months ago, and uh and threw it out to me. And I I I was up front with him. I told him, and I, I'm i not a narrative player. The first time I played Kill Team Narrative um was last year at KTO on day two, because day one was, which is a big improvement this year. Day one was the cops. And if you didn't do well enough, you got kicked and you have to either just play for free with buddies or you'd play in the narrative campaign. Um, and so that's what happened to me because I, I wasn't even I wasn't last year, I wasn't planning on playing, but I jumped in to fill a, a, a drop and just didn't do very well. And so I got kicked, played narrative. That was my first experience with narrative. And then I hadn't played any narrative kill team until this year, KTO, when I filled in for somebody who had to drop from my narrative campaign. So I'm <laughs> ad- admittedly not a very experienced narrative player. But what I am, I think I have a pretty good handle on what is fun and what is not fun. And to me, there are some things that are not fun about the narrative system, like playing 30 games over six months to to eke out a few XP points to me is not super fun. Um, and so that was the exciting part for me is like, OK, um, and I know guys like uh, Travis from from you know, the Brooklyn crowd. Uh, you know, chop up um, the narrative stuff in a really interesting way. Um, and so stuff like that was really appealing to me is to go, OK, what what's the good part? Actually, NYO hadn't even happened at this point. But just that idea of chopping things up and really having a un- creating a unique experience. That's what was really exciting for me. And so that's why I said, yeah, and I uh, hope, hope it worked. <laughs> hope it worked out.
0: Well, I mean, according to the Reddit crowd, one guy in particular, he posted this was the team I took for narrative, and there was a bunch of comments praising
3: the narrative event at the Kill Team Open. Oh, was it? Was it really? Who is this? Was it? Yeah, was this I, Mark? Was this Phobos? Mark? I want to say or was it somebody yes. else. Yes, because he did a good I, write-up on um on on Phobos. By the way, we had a couple really phenomenal players in uh in narrative. Like the three that come to mind, I and mean, there there was more than three, but the three that I I knew of before going in, like Andrew uh, Andrew K. Like, my great bud, uh, one, of, one of the best things about this ed- edition of Kill Team uh, is making good friends, and he's one of them. Uh, Andrew B., we had Eric um, from Plasma Spam. We had Mark Garrett, um, whose kids are going to take over the Kill Team world. Uh, they already are. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we had a, re- a bunch of really incredible players playing narrative, and that was, that was pretty fun, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, you kind of inspired me to sort of want to play narrative with a few more more of my casual friends who are not really... Ooh. As hardcore into kill team, but have teams. It, just even looking at your packet, you made that packet. What uh, I remember, you were working on it while we were at the Airbnb at times.
3: Yeah, so I, I had everything. So I, I had had the packet done, you know, a couple weeks in advance, and then I had the missions all laid out. But day after day one, we're like, okay, actually, I don't feel like taking apart sixteen kill team into the dark boards and reassembling them. So I had to just re redo each mission. And then, yeah, peek behind the curtain, I had everything on paper, but I hadn't had it all, like, finalized in the packet. So, so day two, while, like, round four was happening, I was piecing together the mission, which I already had planned out, uh, but pieced it together uh, in Photoshop so I could then send it out. So there was some, listen, I, I admit I am sometimes a down-to-the-wire sort of guy. Um, and uh, I kind of, you know, I, I live for that anxiety. It fuels me. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is my, keeps me going, but yeah. But so I had it all planned out, but I didn't have it all actually in packet form. So yeah, there's a little bit of that on edge, which, uh, which keeps me going.
0: That's good. That's good. Uh, now do you want to, do you want to kind of give me like a little bit of a rundown on one of the missions that you had? Pick your favorite one, uh, one that stood ooh.
3: out. So uh I really liked mission 6 so it kind of and I'll, this will all be available for anybody to have and run if if they want but so just a brief overview is long story short your kill team find you know is either sent or stumbles upon this uh this space hulk mysterious space hulk what's going on ooh we don't know and uh day 1 starts you know, you have to power the ship back on and so I kind of designed it to where it would be mission 1 is basically matched play with a with a few little additions mission two is like oh there's some extra stuff going on here there's some you know pox walkers mission three it gets a little crazier and then day two just goes balls to the wall nuts and so it's kind of like i i I tried to design it where it would ramp up so day six is my favorite um it was get off the ship or get sucked into the warp and so you had to cross from your deployment zone to your opponent's deployment zone which means you're you're fighting through probably 12 poxwalkers, six nurgling's, a plague bearer who's like a, a a plague champion, to get to the other side of the board and if you don't make it there, you get sucked into the warp. And uh, and so I kind of had it scored so like when you deploy, you deploy in thirds. Well, if you for every third of your kill team rounding down in the in deployment zone, you would score like three or four victory points. And that was my favorite one because it was intentionally very difficult uh and just very hectic and crazy and so that was probably my favorite one do
0: you ever see yourself following up this narrative campaign in the future if you run like another narrative
3: <sighs> honestly man I'd, I'd really like to like there, there's some things that i doing this sort of opened my eyes to what i think is maybe a niche missing which i think is like okay we all you, you're are you a dnd person i love D. You love so I I am somebody who loves the idea of D and D, but what has never worked out for me is meeting with the same people over and over and over and over again to actually see something through. And so like when I when I like RPGs, I really love one shots, and so I love the idea of kill team narrative one shots, sort of, which is really more like you know a, a six mission situation or six to ten mission, whatever it would be, accelerated XP, accelerated spec ops and and so i would love to experiment more with this um and so yeah in short yeah so i th- i think i will honestly
0: yeah i mean i'm a fan of the 2 hour movie and then call it a, call it a day you know i more the older i get especially
3: me too the older i get man i don't i don't want to sit down for a 16 hour series just give me two awesome hours
0: yeah i mean that's all we really got cuz you know as much as i do like dnd i you you pointed out all the problems i have with it i don't have time to meet with the same people all the time my schedules don't always align. So like one sure. shots are probably the best thing. Yeah, man, I, I loved your narrative. I keep reading it every now and then just like uh, going back between the week and thinking like, I got to print this out and then oh, I got to bring it for those players.
3: Oh, thank you, dude. Yeah. I, I hope to pretty soon again, once I sort of recover from KTO, I'll put it all together in sort of a nice looking packet. So it's all in one place and then just, you know, put it out there so people can, can use it and run it. I'm actually, I'd really love to to run it at my local shop like over two weekends, like one Friday, you play three games. The next Friday you play another three games and then boom, you're done. It's a fun experience. Everybody has a good time.
0: Yeah. That'd be a pretty cool way to bring in like more casual players into more of a commitment. So they kind of get into the flow of coming on each day. And that's always good. You know, consistency is key. Yeah, for sure. So when you were writing those missions, you mentioned you had talked to Travis before what what do you think um, he kind of gave you in terms of insights to help write this?
3: Oh, man. So so what Travis did at NYO with their uh, New York Open uh, for their narrative campaign is they went sort of just completely they dismantled everything about I, I don't even think they did XP. And so what I really liked about what they did was it was just a bunch of really unique situations. Um, and so in talking to him, was super helpful um, just to sort of further down the rabbit hole of you can, you can leave a lot of what kill team narrative is on the cutting room floor and just give people a really good experience. And so he helped me double down on that. Um, One mechanic that um, was built in because of, uh, because of talking with Travis was the idea that um, like just the, like, like pox walkers, like your weakest NPCs, like they're hostile. Don't get to roll any defense dice. That was a tip from Travis, and uh, and that was super helpful because with that, before that I was struggling with having enough in you know hostiles on the board to where like when you fight zombies you don't want to fight two zombies you want to fight six zombies but if right. they're all rolling defense dice it slows down the game uh, and it also just you know they're not dying and oh that sucks um, and so w- when you're not rolling defense dice for them you know even a las gun can threaten one so that was huge that was really big from Travis but also just helping me double down on the idea that. Yeah, you can you can hack this apart, like feel free to hack it apart and uh, and just give people a fun experience. And so with coming in, you know, I, I'm coming off the heels of Sheldon Kill Team Stream, who's been, you know, has been just a really his champion kill team through the editions and and helped keep it alive and stuff. Shout out to Sheldon. Um, and so but his narrative events are very much grounded in what the kill team narrative is in the book. And so. Um, so I was coming in off that, so I wanted to honor that and keep the XP for people who maybe had played in one of his campaigns and were coming to this one. Um, so I kept the some core mechanics and accelerated it, um, and then something that I got from uh, again as, as soon as I found out that you know, I said yes to to doing the campaign, the first people I hit up were um, uh, were, were Sean and Jace from the Once Upon a Kill Team podcast because they're, they're they they're like basically exclusively narrative players. And I was like, all right, guys, I I got some ideas and they were really helpful to even just the setting of, you know, to help me flesh out the Space Hulk and the situation and the Inquisitor. Um, And even like some of the core ideas were were, came from them. And so they were super helpful as well, Um, like both of them. So Travis and the uh, once upon a kill team guys were really helpful in just sort of locking into that narrative um, mindset.
0: All right. move moving a little bit away from narrative, but still in the idea of running events. Do you think you're going to ever do competitive events or just purely stick with narrative for now?
3: Oh, man. So. So, yeah. So I, I live in Florida and I, I'm a Florida man um, and Florida has been a kill team <laughs> desert. Yeah. So Florida has been a kill team desert in both editions. There's not much going on uh, in, in, in uh, like October and November. Uh, GW is coming here with their Tampa open. So that's pretty cool. There'll be a oh, kill yeah. team event there, um, but in short, yes. And i I can't make an announcement quite yet. But if you're in Florida or in the surrounding areas, um, again, I I work uh, at a, at a the best hobby store, uh, you know, Warhammer store, War Gaming store in the world. Uh, Warp Fire Minis, they love kill team, they want to support it, and so just stay tuned for maybe uh, maybe a tournament announcement. I'm going to be getting my feet wet in in toing some competitive stuff because. You know what, man? If if nobody else is going to do it, I guess it I guess I have to do it. So <laughs> that's that's the story of my life. Well, I guess I'll do it. That, that that'll be that'll be the title of my autobiography. Well, guess it's me.
0: <laughs> but it's in great hands. I mean, what, after you ran this event, I don't know if you could really do a bad job. Like I, I talked to Dakota oh, I'm sure too, I and could he goes, "Find a way." Uh, he always says, like, you know, if if I was going to trust anybody to run an event, I would trust Ben, because he goes, "I saw the narrative and I loved the way it was ran." Oh, so man.
3: that that's really sweet coming from you guys who who like rock events and, and and are killing it over there. So yeah, thank you guys.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean we've got first hand experience. Yeah.
3: Yeah, right. Well see, I I need to I need to talk to Dakota as well. Yeah, I, I need to pick your guys' brain a little bit. Because I I'm glad my first TO experience was narrative because those players, there's not as much at stake, you know, and uh so that, that was a good I think intro to TOing. But yeah, so we'll definitely have some events running this year and next year. So I can't announce anything quite yet, but I will be soon.
0: So now let's go back to narrative at the Pacific, the specific, not Pacific, the specific event <laughs> that you ran. What were some of your favorite moments, not just the missions, but maybe like the player oh. base and the, all the actions you saw?
3: So I have one and it's the one that that actually won the best narrative moment award. So I, I had it was. A it was an inquisitor team with Star Striders and it was then it was uh-huh. um it was a vet guard team, but they were proxied to to be like an inquisitorial situation. So you had the Road uh-huh. Trader versus an Inquisitor and and w- one of the missions, the doors open and close randomly. This warp tainted machine spirit. And so turn one, two doors open, opening up a crazy like Star Strider Airstrike turn one. And so uh I I believe it was uh Dave, who by the way it built a, a an incredibly uh well thought out um and well designed kill team narrative app um and so so he drops a bomb turn 1 boom like injures a bunch of the vet guard team which is actually an, an inquisitorial retinue and then in like in a, in a moment of narrative uh you know decision making they were like hey actually wait we should be on the same side and uh and so they decided to instead of kill each other the the inquisitor threatened uh the rogue trader with uh, maybe cutting off their supply and, uh, and they decided to fight the zombies off together. And that was my favorite moment that, that I witnessed. I'm sure there was more, but I was there for that. And that blew my mind. I loved it. So that was my favorite moment.
0: Yeah, I would not expect someone to ally with your literal opponent uh, to know. just make the story better, right?
3: Yeah. And so that, that, that was just a really fun time. And there, narrative fight, you know, players just who are you know willing to you know break the game to have more fun. I love that. I, I really love that. I
0: think that's definitely the spirit. The narrative and that's that's a good thing
3: for sure yeah it is a
0: unique experience so you know it's it separates those who want to play competitively and those who want to have a good time but kind of aim to win something
3: yeah yeah for sure and like we had three competitive players that i think i think maybe even four um or or might even been five like there's just we we had a handful (laughs) of really competitive players that were like you know what i just you know competitive is cool but i want to try this out i want to have fun um and like I, I, I talked to a lot of um, competitive players who who played in the comps that were like, dang, dude, I, I wish I'd have been playing narrative because, you know, you walk in and the narrative tent, people are belly laughing, like just having a good time. And I, I heard that quite a bit like, oh, dang, I wish I would have signed up for narrative. So that was fun. That, that was pretty cool.
0: Well, there was only a few slots for narrative, right? I think it was. 16? Yeah, we had
3: we had 30. Uh, we had 32 and we oh, sold out tables. pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah, we had we had a few drops. I think we ended up around like 28 um we had a few drops we sold out pretty quick and uh yeah i, I i'd love to do love to do more with with a bigger with, with you know with more slots open
0: yeah i'd love to see that too and then maybe have kind of like um did a imperium win or did the chaos win in this mission like the overall yeah, kind of absolutely. thing something like that yeah uh, that'll take be, a little cool. more coordination but uh that's besides the point there sure Ooh. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, thank you for running that event. Thank you for drinking with me. Thank you for enjoying the food. Oh, anytime. You know, shout out. Oh, yeah. Out great to Mr. food. Wilfong. Good time.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was great. Great to meet. And we, 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 I think the only time we'd ever talked was on the on when I guessed on your guys's podcast. And, uh, and we really know each other at that point. So, yeah, it was great to great to meet and hang out. And it was a good time, man.
0: Yeah, it's cool seeing everybody you don't normally see. Um, you know, I never met Glass before. I never really thought about it. And then getting to talk to him for the first time, getting to talk to you for the first time was probably my favorite thing, too. Oh, man.
3: Yeah, I know. We had yeah. a
0: command point there. Uh, it was everybody. No, it was... I'm, it was... I'm, I'm... I mean,
3: uh-huh. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I didn't know what I was going to say. You finish your thoughts. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I completely forgot the rest of the other people. There, there was tons... Oh. Um... <laughs>
3: Everybody Tells was there. It was meet. just, there was, it was almost everybody there. Um, my, my, my podcast host, my compatriots, Reese and Russ were not there, sadly. Um, but we had, we had almost sort, everybody sort from the there. Kill Team world. They were sort of there. Oh yeah. yeah. Russ, yeah, that was, that sort was of one there. of my, yeah, yeah. That was my, my second favorite moment was, you know, was uh, Sheldon surprising me with, um, with, with the legions of Russ. That was just so hilarious. Uh, yeah. L- love that. Great time.
0: Yeah, man, I I hope everyone here, all the listeners, all your fans, my fans, our fans, fans, you know, uh, get to experience an event like this in the future. Anyone who's just playing any kind of game, doesn't even have to be Kill Team, I hope they get to experience something as fun as this.
3: Uh, Me me too, man. It, It was a really fun time. Like, you know, KTO last year, this year, it does feel like a very special thing because Kill Team is often, you know, the little brother to something else, and so... For, for kill team to be uh its own thing, you know, here felt really good. And I and I I I'm hopeful seeing more of that. You know, you have like uh you know Travis doing the New York Open and stuff like that. Um and you have dude you you in Dakota um you know, let, you know run, running all, all those events um on the West Coast. Yeah and just everybody's like crushing it. And so um it's it's great to see specific kill team events popping up everywhere. And that, that just, to me, it makes me hopeful for the future of this game, because uh, I think, again, it feels like we're even just getting started. So uh, I'm I'm very hopeful.
0: You're definitely right. I do think we're just getting started. Uh, and with that, though, it looks like we are coming to a bit of a close on here. So is there anything you'd like to plug?
3: Oh, man. Yeah, I'll go ahead and plug uh, my YouTube channel, Battle Brothers Tabletop, on uh, <laughs> YouTube and... and- did I say it the right? I mispronounce my own name. Probably. I think to, you said it
0: right. I'm I'm reading it right here because it's literally in front of <laughs> me.
3: <laughs> yeah, my YouTube channel, Battle Brothers Tabletop. I have uh, a Soul Shackle video coming out soon on that, and then a Legionaries video shortly after that. Um, getting back on the horse, KTO was, took a lot of my brain power, so my channel you know was a little little dormant for a while. And also, I, I do a podcast with two other um, just lovely, handsome kill team creators. Um, which would be Reese and Russ from Threes to Wound in, in GFN Gaming. Uh, and that is called Kill Team Casuals. And we talk a little bit about Kill Team, we have a lot of fun, and uh, it's uh, it's a good time. So that, that's all I got to plug, man. That's all I got to plug.
0: That and your wonderful attitude.
3: Oh, you're what, what a <laughs> sweetheart! What a sweetheart! Uh,
0: thank you, thank you. Well, with that, guys, this has been Ben, this has been Giacomo. Uh, until next time,
3: we're out later.
1: Like three o'clock, three fifteen, and then we my flight was uh, at a uh, five twenty. So then we <laughs> we drove oh, to the airport. with uh, It took us thirty minutes to get there, and I was I and then I got in super fast, but because I bought the um, super fast pass for twelve bucks through security, and I was like, I might do this every time. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> nice, nice. We got to play with uh, Will Thong. Will Fong's a fun guy to play with. Yeah, I've never played him before, and I had a blast. He he He's an excellent opponent, and a gentleman, a scholar, just like I always thought he would be.
0: I expected nothing less. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I haven't played him this
1: edition.
2: No? Uh, Not this edition? I played him last edition, but not not since the new edition. Actually,
1: he was my last game of last edition. Yeah, he said that he's changed a lot since uh, how he used to play the game. Yes, he used to be super sweaty. And then um, one of his buddies taught him how to be uh, just really good at the game, <laughs> and and re- be really nice about it. So that's kind oh, of oh,
2: he was super nice when I played him at. Uh, it was it was a tournament called Summer Slaughter, and it was the I remember that like the Saturday morning of the tournament uh-huh. was when all the rules got like officially like put into the wild for the new edition. So it was like. Everybody there was like they knew this was
1: pretty much it. Oh, wow. um, it was a wild time. Yeah, uh, um, that's pretty exciting. I, I only played in like one competitive event uh, last edition. It was towards the towards the end, and it was literally the event right before COVID. It was LVO. and uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was exciting.
0: <laughs> I attended zero. Events in first edition. I wasn't competitive back then. Uh, I mean, I'm not really competitive now either. But
2: you know, it was a very different game.
1: A very <laughs>
0: different game. It's, it was more mini 40k
1: than I really, else. I really liked the old edition. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, oh, me I also, too. I
2: feel like I'm not allowed to say that,
1: <laughs> but I you did can like say it. I mean, it's, a, it's
0: a it's a hot take, but it's fine.
1: It's super valid. Um, the old game, I still think is like viable to this day in like funness 100% um, I just think that no one's going to play it because we're getting yeah. we're consistently getting new rules and new models for the new edition right so like why would you go back and play something that isn't being supported anymore so 100% totally agree. exactly right
0: well before we continue this conversation uh, let's kind of run you through what we're going to be doing I'm recording right now just to kind of have prehensive stuff to make sure everything's working and it looks like everything's fine Sh- so has Dakota uh, giving you the rundown?
2: No.
1: I have no right. idea what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: generally so, pretty casual.
1: Yeah. So we'll probably ask you, like, we'll probably go through, like, your time at KTO, what you enjoyed, maybe how you got there, maybe how you, um, your, like, tournament lead up to it, how, what you did to practice. Um, and we'll kind of go through, like, Kiltio open itself, your... Thoughts about it, um, and then we can go to like what you enjoyed most. What was your favorite thing about it? Did you have any regrets? And then we'll kind of move on to like legionaries and be like, hey, like you're obviously an expert legionary player. Like, could we ask you some questions about legionary? Um, kind of do like a little bit of a deep dive on them. Um, I don't know if you've heard any of our podcasts before, but we we tend to we tend to ask some of the same questions to each each individual you know pro yeah, to you guys like here and there i definitely listened to the full one with
2: adrian you guys just did
1: mm-hmm. that was um, a good one that was a good yeah i enjoyed one. that really like that one yeah and we we kind of just go through some of the same questions of like you know what are pro tips um you know uh, stuff like that you know do you plan on going to any other events you know stuff we'll ask you obviously ask you about command point are you guys planning to do anything fun or spicy, you know, try to give you as many plugs as we can. Um, and then, uh, you know, just just shoot the shit, you know, we might derail a couple times and that's okay. For sure.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty fun thing. It's easy. It's formulaic and anyone can copy
1: it. Sounds good. Yeah.
0: (sighs) Okay. Okay.
1: Giacomo did not mention that he likes to, uh, sometimes steal from the beginning of the episode and put it at the very, very, very end after all the credits have rolled. Yes, that's so why I oh, usually do nice. the
0: preemptive recording in case there's something uh, funny. <laughs> I think I think I already figured out which one I'm going to probably use. Okay. Um, I mean, you'll hear that come next Tuesday because next Tuesday this will be released.
1: Tuesday cool. or th- or Thursday, it depends. Um, we have, uh, we might be doing a, it depends on how long this episode is, but um, we have a, generally a, uh, we're pro- we're trying to do Kill Team Open all in one week so it doesn't last like fucking six weeks long. Yeah. You know, be like, Hey, so Mr. Carson player, like you went to kill team open you know what I mean? Like the same yeah, shit. Yeah. I'd kill myself after a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that.
0: Yep. We we only need one one main one, then a secondary one, and then maybe we'll come back with a bonus one in the future.
1: Yeah.